Matters every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone. Welcome to Soul to Soul here, right here on 101.9 Chai FM. It's Rabbi Ari Kiefman, and fabulous to be with you here this wonderful afternoon. And when I came into the studio here today, DJ Flo says, it's not exactly a party, as you could tell. The music being played today is a little more somber. It is a cappella, no actual music. Yesterday on the Howard Feldman show in the afternoon drive, I heard a little bit of one of the messages coming through that we shouldn't be playing music these days. And they're absolutely, positively right, because it is a time of semi-mourning. We mourn for the destruction of the temple. And of course, it's not just the bricks and mortar of the temple that was destroyed, but also the thousands and hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of Jewish lives that were lost along with it and the various tragic events that took place. So today, what I would like to do is talk a little bit about those sad, tragic events that did occur. But like I said to DJ Flo, we have to see the opportunity in the skies because that's really the Jewish perspective. The way we see things is not just the sad moment that we're in now, but we have to see the opportunities that lie ahead. And what's interesting is that this Shabbos, and I think in the name of the Shabbos, besides for the Torah portion of Devarim, of Deuteronomy that we read, there's also, it is called Shabbos Chazon. Shabbos Chazon means a Shabbos of vision. Now, why is it a Shabbos of vision? Well, it's very interesting. The very literal reason because reason why it's called Shabbos Chazon is because of the Haftarah, the special reading we do after the Torah portion on Shabbos, which is Chazon Yeshayahu, the vision of the prophet Isaiah, which predicts the doom and gloom, the destruction of the temple because of our misbehavior. And it's really not a great vision, not something to be very happy about. In fact, it fits very well into the mellow music that's playing. But there is another reason I want to share with you today why it's called Shabbos Chazon. And that reason is one of a Hasidic interpretation. You see, some of us Jews, we come in all different stripes and colors, as you know. We're the rainbow nation, right, Flo? So as a rainbow Jewish nation... We have many different perspectives, many different ways of seeing things. And I'm personally part of the Hasidic persuasion. And the way we see things is you got to see the positive in it. So I want to share with you a very famous message taught by Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Barditchev. He was a great Hasidic master, one of the early Hasidic Rebbes. And he taught that on this Shabbos, every single Jew is shown a vision. Like the word of the name of the Shabbos, it's called Shabbos Chazon. Chazon means a vision. But his vision is very different from the one of Isaiah, which is of doom and destruction of the temple. Instead, his was a different kind of prophecy that we see. And this prophecy is one of the future, a much better utopian future. He says, everyone has a vision. And in fact, I could tell you what you're going to dream about last night. You know how it goes. If I tell you, don't think about a pink elephant, Flo. Don't think about a pink elephant. What are you thinking about now, Flo? A pink elephant, right? Well, I could tell you what you're going to dream about tomorrow night. We're all going to dream about the third holy temple that will be built in the future when finally there'll be real world peace with the coming of Mashiach. Now, it's true we might not see it with our physical eyes. We might not be in that era yet. There's still crime. There's still corruption. There's still all types of terrible things going on in this country. And if you think it's bad here, boy, just travel elsewhere and you'll see it's bad in many places. But that future era 
is something our souls see. It's something we believe. It's not just something that is pie in the sky. It's something we believe will really actually happen. And this vision actually empowers us to break free from our present state when we look around and say, oh my gosh, the corruption in this country and, and all the problems in the world. But when we could see a better future, when we could see that things will work out and we see that there's going to be a time of redemption and a third holy temple and a much better era, that's a much better kind of vision. So I'm not discounting or negating the vision of Isaiah. In fact, when we're back after this commercial break, I'd like to talk a little bit how we could synthesize these two visions, the one of doom and gloom and the one of spectacular utopian era in the future. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And welcome back. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievan. It's great to be with you here on this fabulous Thursday afternoon. The day before Shabbos Chazona, we've been talking before about the vision, the special vision that every one of us gets to see on this Shabbos, a vision of a spectacular utopian era in the future. And I want to share with you a wonderful example, a metaphor that was employed by Rabbi Levi Yitzchak in order to describe this. And he describes that once there were parents who had this young little boy, and as a young parent myself, I could relate to this. You know, we got little kids. And the parents bought this kid a nice, beautiful, expensive suit. They took him into Stedefords. It was going out of business. And this is when they still had a few garments left on their shelves. They bought him this wonderful, finely tailored suit. Well, the problem is, as anyone who knows young boys, on a Shabbos afternoon, they like to go out into Mushroom Park, which is right next door to our home. So make it very real and personal. And... Of course, the kid is not very careful when he's wearing it, and he's playing in the mud, in the sandbox, and on the slides, and on the gym equipment, and on the swings, and you name it, running around. And by the time the kid comes home, that's it. that suit is completely ripped and torn to pieces. His parents, of course, reprimand him. They rebuke him. They tell him how he has to care for his things, but they take him off to Santon City, and they find another shop with a beautiful suit, and they buy him a new suit. But what do you think the kid does? Once again, the suit is ruined. He's careless. He is reckless. And this time, his parents, of course, after reprimanding him, they said, we're going to get you a new suit. In fact, we'll get you even better, a higher quality suit. But you can't just wear it ordinarily. You're going to need to wait to see when you're responsible when you are able to care for the garments that we buy you. And I think we could put this into more modern terms. In fact, I'm thinking about my own lovely children, and a particular example stands out of my head. But you could think for yourselves, you bought your kid a drone, you bought your kid a computer, you bought the kid something, and the kid didn't care for it. You begged and you pleaded. They broke it. You got it fixed. You got them a second. Are you going to keep on buying them the, the expensive toy if they don't care for it? Absolutely not, Flo, right? So... This is Rabbi Levi Yitzchak's metaphor. He says, the parents show the kid this new toy or the new suit, and they say to him, look, when you could behave properly, that's when we're going to allow you to wear the suit. And in this sense, the parents were educating the child to behave more responsibly. That's ultimately the point 
of why they did this with a kid because they want this kid to behave better in a more responsible fashion. And then, and only then, when the kid behaves better, will they allow the kid to have the new suit. And I think it's a very important message for us as well, this message that when we're deserving of the temple, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak says, we see the temple, we see the future era. When we're deserving of it, that's when God is going to bless us and give it to us. And I think it's an important message and lesson for us for life as well. But from Rabbi Levi Yitzchak's example, he's saying that this is exactly what Shabbos Chazon, a Shabbos of vision is, that we see this vision of a much greater future. We know it exists, but we have to earn it. We have to make it happen. I would like to say not just to anticipate it's happening, but to precipitate, to make it happen. We can make it happen. Oftentimes people wonder, how is that possible? You know, you look at the corruption and all the problems that the world has, and we look at the wars and the strife, and, and you name it. But we can make a difference. Somebody says, well, how am I going to make a difference? Well, if we start with just focusing on ourselves, on our family, could you think about the faribles, the family feuds that you that your family might have? And if we could avoid that conflict, do whatever it might take to fuse the situation, then we can actually start that in our own home. And then it has a ripple effect because our own family members who will extend it then to their families. And before you know it, peace is actually attainable. It's something that is really achievable if we start with the small steps and it could have a ripple effect all the way out into the Middle East and all the other crazy parts of the world where there are all types of problems going on. But here's a question that people are asking. And I see those questions coming through. Here you have two very different kinds of visions. You have the Hasidic type, the Hasidic interpretation that is more joyous, that everyone sees a future of final redemption of a third temple. And yet at the same time, we have a much darker kind of vision, the one of the mainstream vision, in fact, the real reason, I could say the original reason why this Shabbos is called Chazon, where it tells us, of Isaiah's view, Isaiah's future, which, uh, not future, but he was prophesizing then. We're talking about 2,500 years ago about the destruction of the temple. And the question is, which one is it? How can you have this newfound, new age, new era, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, perspective? Like, is it about the vision of a joyful vision of a future? Or is the vision of destruction like Isaiah? Is it a vision of hope? Are we commemorating the tragic event, events of the destruction of our temples? Or are we imagining a better era, one in the future? Is this not a contradiction, having these two very same kind of interpretations? And to understand this, I want to share with you a very interesting story that the Gemara relates about someone who understood the languages of a cow. Yep. Says the Gemara, on the day the temple was destroyed, there was a Jew plowing his field when his cow suddenly mooed loudly. This is the Gemara Tractic Brachas, very beginning of the Talmud. It is on Daf Beis. It is uh, actually in the Jerusalem Talmud, but it's right there at the beginning, chapter 2, 4th Mishnah. And it says there that an Arab was passing by and he heard the mooing of this cow. Said the Arab to the Jew, he said, Yahud, Bari Yahud, this uh, 
son of Yehuda, that's the way they call Jews, Yahut, still today. He says, unyoke your cow, free the stake of your plow, for your holy temple has now been destroyed. Of course, this is a very despondent message for the Jew. He might be somewhere far away from Jerusalem, not knowing what's happening on the other side of the world. This is sort of his uh, SABC news broadcast, his cow's moo. And then the cow mooed yet again. And this time the Arab said to the Jew, Badi Ahud, Jew, yoke your cow again. Reset the stake of your plow, for your Redeemer has now been born. Very interesting Talmudic tale about a cow that's talking. And you know the cow coming to shul, what its favorite part of the shul services. You know, it's the musaf. And then afterwards, a nice dairy bracha. And of course, the cow is there telling the story. What kind of message is this? I mean, a cow mooing? Do we really take messages from a cow? In fact, the Gemara discusses this and says that some people have a practice that they wash their hands on Tisha B'Av midday. And the reason for this is because as the story of the cow indicates, Mashiach, the Redeemer, a better future, was born on the same day of the Temple's destruction, meaning on the very same day that we mourn for the most tragic event in Jewish history, we also are beginning to celebrate the future because Mashiach was born on that very same day. Now this is a little bit of a peculiar message. If Mashiach was born when the temple was destroyed, and that was 1,948 years ago. Is my math correct? It was the year 70 of the Common Era, where you're now in nine, we're now 2017. You do the maths there. So, if Mashiach was indeed born, then where has he been all these years? How old is he today? He's, uh, he must be 1,947 years old. Depends if you if the, which version of history, if the temple was destroyed in the year 69 or 70, the common era. So this is a little bit funny. I mean, this Talmudic story is actually brought down in Halacha, saying that the reason why we get up midday and why people wash their hands is because Mashiach was born. But if Mashiach was really born then, then what did this mean? And interestingly, I don't know if anyone has seen the movie, but you could probably Google it and find it on YouTube, or you could borrow it from our Chabad Multimedia Center, our library at Chabad House. It's a movie called The Disputation, produced by the BBC. And The Disputation is about a debate that took place between the great sage Nachmanites, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, and a Jewish apostate in Barcelona by the name of Pablo Cristiani. This debate took place in the year 1263. Now, in that debate, this Pablo Cristiani, he used this story as Talmudic proof that the Messiah had already come, just as Christians believe. And he used that to say, you Jews don't even believe your own Talmud? Now, of course, Nachmanides easily refuted this proof by showing that either way, their Messiah was long dead by the year 70, if you think about it, because he's born in the year zero. And by the time 70 came around, he was no longer alive. But here, 
this Talmudic story, miming that little digression about Nachmanides using this, I mean, this is a Talmudic story. But I think this will help us understand the concept of how it's possible, of what this idea is. On the one hand, we have this Shabbos, a vision of destruction. And at the same time, we have a vision of a much brighter and better future. Now, it's very interesting that I live in Santon, and I'm just thinking here how this really applies. If you walk in Santon, and everywhere around my home, you'll see it's a major construction zone. There's cranes everywhere. There's building. There's demolition. There's construction. There's destruction. What is it about the chaos of a construction site that draws our attention. In fact, I'm fascinated by it. Sometimes I stop to look. Just yesterday before Mincha, I was watching right across from our shul. And if you have never been to our shul, it's time you uh, come pray before you play. We're right across Santon City, opposite the Chow train station. And we always have nice refreshments every afternoon for those who join us from Mincha Marev, Lachaims and refreshments. Everyone's always welcome. And we'd love to warmly welcome you. Right across, you could also get a chance to see some of the major constructions happening. And there's a huge construction site for the upcoming new Old Mutual headquarters. And it's amazing to watch. We've watched buildings coming up, but we've also watched buildings come down. You know, they've torn down some of the old buildings, the the old Alexander Forbes building, which was right around the corner from us on Ravonia Road. And that's, I'm talking already five years ago. They recently tore down the old IBM building and they put up a nice, new, beautiful one right next door to Investec on Grayston. And there's lots of new buildings popping up. Another one is right across from our home is the Village Walk building. In fact, that's where our shul started in 2010 during the World Cup. We opened our shul. We were welcoming guests, visitors from all over the world who came for the exciting days of the World Cup here then. But you may remember we even had a Chabad bookshop there. Across the Chabad bookshop was our shul. It actually started within the bookshop itself. There used to be a restaurant, Cafe 613. And come back to that site today. Even though we had our tall, bright menorah outside and many wonderful events, the building is gone, raised to the ground. A few months ago, well, maybe a little more, just over a year and a half ago, my kids joined me early one Sunday morning to go watch the implosion of the old, the old municipal building that was next to the Santon Library, right behind Mandela Square, right next to the Chow Train. And you look at these sites and you wonder, what is it about all the chaos that's happening there? It's chaotic. There's cranes. There's movement. There's extra traffic. There's everything going on. Yet, there's something that draws our attention. There's something fascinating about it. You just walk around Santon and you're going to encounter all these scaffolding. And you'll see the the boards and, and you name it. You walk through a makeshift canopy. We would have to walk on our way to Shul through trailers. They're gone already because the that construction site's nearly finished. Wonderful new building next door to our shul. But you look at all this whirring of machinery and the sounds of metal and, and the laying of bricks and it's wonderful to see everything is glass these days. Very, I'm sure there must be some some benefit to that going green and the benefit of the warmth of the sun reflecting. I'm sure there's lots of wonderful aspects about it. But 
it's quite curious when you look inside and what's the scene? There are lots of debris and, and mess and clouds of dust. And we wonder, how does anything elegant ever rise from the sight of all this chaos around us? And I think as we're talking about this Shabbos of vision, Chazon, it's a good time to use this metaphor, because on the one hand, we have the vision of Isaiah of the destruction of the temple. And on the other hand, you have the vision of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev, which is the future building of the temple. And you can think about construction sites. And you think about the demolition, how this building was imploded. They haven't yet started putting up a new building there yet, but I, I know it's in the plans, it's in the works. And so many of the buildings that I've seen them knock down, for example, Village Walk, that building was completely Knocked down, destroyed, and yet there's a whole new magnificent structure emerging on that very same property. And you think about the construction site around Santon and everywhere else, and you think about the construction sites of our lives. Is our life not sometimes a little bit messy, chaotic, incoherent? There's debris of failed relationships and the dust of missed opportunities. And you look at personal loss and tragedy and personal challenges and obstacles that we face in our life. And we ask the same question. What elegance can be constructed from our personal disorderly lives? What could come out of this? It seems like one big mess. And of course, the contractor and the construction manager will always assuage your concern. And you talk to them and they'll show you the architectural blueprints and the plans of what's going to come out. The contractor he knows the purpose of this demolition. He knows why they're dismantling the old village walk because it was improperly built or because they could get some better benefit per square meter that they rebuild. You know, it's not even an old building. But I think this is a, a powerful message for our own lives when we see the the figurative wrecking ball in our own lives, the mess that happens. And it's all to create something superior than what stood there before. There's something better that's going to come out of there. And obviously, that conclusion, that vision, is oftentimes harder to realize in our own hazard zones. It's sometimes hard to realize when we're passing through the construction sites. Who remembers last year when the bridge came toppling down on Grayston? And yet, it's almost redone, almost completed, And this is, I think, a very good metaphor, both for the mess of our own lives, as well as the vision of our temple that was destroyed. Can we look into our own troubles, and can we find that silver lining? Can we confront our challenging experiences and find some kind of redemptive quality? And I think the vision of this Shabbos, Shabbos Chazon, provides us with an opportunity to explore these opportunities that we have. And Tishabav, which is the saddest day in our Jewish calendar, it gives us a chance to really think about why we mourn. Why is there no music being played in the studio? Why don't we cut our hair this week? Why don't we have celebrations and weddings? Yes, it's a time of profound sorrow a time to recall the tragic and pivotal moments of our history. But the events of the destruction 
are not only significant on a national scale, but there's a certain personal relevance in everything. And I think I talked about this last week. The Hebrew, the English word for Torah is Bible. But Bible is related to the word bibliography, which is about history. But Torah is not about history. The word Torah means instruction. And Torah has to have a personal relevance in our own lives. So when we are here this Shabbos talking about the vision of doom and gloom, the vision of destruction, we also must be able to see the vision of renewal. And with that, I'd like to continue after our commercial break. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Eric Even It's great to be with you. They said a moment ago, the music is coming right up, although you're not going to get actual music here in the nine days. But I hope that which I'm sharing with you is music to your ears, especially because being prepared is half the battle. And Moose Brothers and Sandingham Strip want to take care of your dietary needs ahead of Tisha B'Av. So enjoy the legendary Moose Macaroni and Cheese, the tuna lasagna, famous wood-fired pizzas, calzone, and much, much more. For an extra discount of 10%, tell them you heard about it on Chai FM and mention the code phrase schmooze at Moose. Moose Brothers can be found on the Sandingham Strip, 75 George Avenue, Sandingham, Johannesburg. And one more important message from the Pie Works. They know that you love their fresh baked delicious pies, so they've extended their meat-free selection, especially for these nine days. Listen to this. Mushroom pies, vegetable pies, spinach pies, roasted veg pies. Are you hungry yet? Get to the Powerworks, and you can also take advantage of their meatless mushroom burger, chip, and a Coke special for just 60 rand. Tell them Chai FM sent you, and if you give them this key phrase, you'll get an extra 10% discount. Tell them, I love the pies at the Powerworks. And let them know that I sent you. The Powerworks can be found on the Sandingham Strip, 75 George Avenue, Sandingham, Johannesburg. Powerworks is powered by Moose Brothers. And how appropriate, because we've been talking today quite a bit about Moo, the message of the cow. And that was quite a fascinating Talmudic story, but I think a very powerful message. The cow says Moo, but that message of Moo from the cow is one that reminds us, on the one hand... Yes, there was a terrible time of destruction. Our temple was destroyed. But at the same time, there is a more powerful message that in order to rebuild, in order to build a nicer village walk, in order to put up a newer IBM building, and you see the new building, you know, the old one was more spread out, but the new one is built vertically with more modern technology, and I'm sure as an IBM, it's got to be a tower of technology. You look at the new Discovery building. Discovery, it was time for an upgrade. And now they got this magnificent new building across from the U.S. Embassy. And look at all these buildings going up in Santon and the area, and we wonder to ourselves, the destruction, what is it all about? But if you take a deeper look, you understand the only way you can actually have a better, nicer building is if one is able to destroy, to remove the previous building. And perhaps that's the message about the destruction of the temple. Because to make room for a divine structure, then 
the human structure had to be demolished. And considering that what us human building, human beings as limited people build, we are limited and nothing human has an eternal everlasting existence. But what's divinely made, that is permanent. And in that sense, the demolition of the previous temples is all to make way for a more magnificent and permanent future temple. And what I'd like to do with the remaining time that we have today is to talk a little bit about how we could apply this to our own personal lives, to our own chaos, to our own mess, to our own construction destruction sites. Now, you think about personal challenges that people have, and I'm sure there's lots of areas one could discuss. Let's talk about a few specific ones. Let's talk about relationships for a moment. And you think about a marriage. And thank God my wife and I are celebrating 10 years of our marriage. We have friends who are already celebrating many more. I've got classmates who are celebrating closer to 20 years of their relationships. But many relationships, many marriages, in fact, have their frustrations, have their moments of difficulty, cracks, challenges. And unfortunately, sometimes when people encounter these difficult moments, they see it sadly as the end of a bright and blissful era. Boredom and anger, mistrust, all types of other challenges that creep into relationships. But like we said before, Everything is the way we look at it. There is another deeper and truer perspective of the way we could see the relationship. The cracks can be, can lead to the end of the relationship. Village walk could have seen itself as over and done with, or you can see it as a renovation of the relationship. And it doesn't have to be a disaster, but an opportunity for growth, a way to grow see it as an opportunity for personal development. And so the renovation consists of two phases. First you got the demolition, and then you have the rebuilding. And as one who's seen this time and time again over the last seven years living in Sandton, I could tell you firsthand from experience, and you could see it yourself, the demolition is for the purpose of renovation, of rebuilding so when you look at your relationship and you see, oi, what's happened with it? What's going on to this relationship? Well, if we see it only from a human perspective, then like the temples that were built by human beings, they are prone for destruction. But the truth of the matter is that we're also divine. And so even though the relationship might be going through some kind of difficulty, we have to remember that when the cracks appear... That is an opportunity to renovate your relationship. That's the time you're called to rebuild your relationship. To perhaps fix and reaffirm, strengthen those foundations. Maybe it's time to recreate your relationship and to give it that divine element, to infuse it with divinity. And that is an important message that I think we could apply, each of us, to our relationships, to see this as an opportunity for personal growth and development. Have you ever had a challenge in business where you found perhaps you had a good job, pays well, career has a promising future, 
And then all of a sudden you realize your boss has taken a liking to somebody else. Or maybe it's your own business, but all of a sudden things aren't looking as good. Now, I don't, I don't wish that upon anybody. But at the same time, maybe that is your Harvard education. You could see it as a terrible destruction of your career, of your business, or whatever's going down the tubes. Or you could see something as an opportunity for growing, for see it as a promotion. Maybe you don't deserve to be in this particular job. You deserve something far greater and better. And they're letting go of you. Maybe that retrenchment is an opportunity for you to find something better that you're more worthy of. So the very demolition of the temple, the breaking down of the buildings, the implosions in Santon, just apply the metaphor to your own personal life that maybe here's your opportunity for a much greater future. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to go independent. Maybe it's time for you to confront certain issues that you were scared to previously face. And if not for this crisis, you would have continued deceiving yourself much longer and continued in the same rut. But all of a sudden, you have an opportunity to dream far bigger and to allow your true divine potential to come out in all its might. So this breakdown, then, is the birth of a new grand idea. That is taking your lemons and transforming them to lemonade. What seemed like a tragedy is actually a blessing in disguise. And if we could only see it as Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev did, don't you see the Shabbos of one of the Isaiah's vision, which is true. We mustn't ignore the red flags of our life. But at the same time, see the opportunities for growth. See the wonderful opportunities that lie ahead. Maybe this is a time to find a personal solution. And maybe I could just conclude with one little story before our next ad break. Anyone know the story? Maybe I'll tell it to you this way. There was a young chemist who was working for some time on developing a kind of glue, a bonding agent. And after years of hardship, the work was complete and he tried it out. The only problem was it just didn't stick. And of course, he asked himself, what's the use of this glue if it just doesn't stick? Time wasted, what a disappointment, a failure. Effort spent in vain. But... That's only one way of seeing it. And thankfully, this chemist didn't see it that way. Instead, he saw this as he asked himself, what if there is something I could do with this? What if I discovered a solution and the only thing left now is to find the problem? And he refused to give up. And he kept asking himself, what's the use of an underachieving adhesive? What purpose, what benefit is there to it? And eventually he found it. And it became a huge commercial success. Something that we all use in our homes and offices all the time. And those are those little, little yellow post-it notes. That's what he invented. And that was Dr. Spencer Silver, who was a chemist at 3M. He invented it in 1968. We all use it today. If not for that failure, this was his amazing success. As Mark Twain said, who is the greatest inventor? Accident. My friends, can we see our accidents, our mistakes as opportunities for personal growth and development? That's the message I'd like to conclude today's show with. 
Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. My friends, we've been talking today about seeing the opportunities in the skies. I'm going to have to wrap that up, but I really want to remind you that if you see any other challenges in your life, whether we feel sometimes despondent or unhappy, we have to see the opportunities that when one door closes, another one is opening. And we just need the courage to notice how the new opening, where that new opening is, notice the new opening, and to go for it, and to go into it. I think it's a very important message that this Shabbos reminds us. And if we could tap into that message, that yes, on the one hand, Tisha B'Av is a day that we commemorate the destruction of our temple. And yes, the Shabbos is called Chazon because we look at that vision and we read about it. But there's two perspectives of this reality. One of Isaiah's vision. And at the same time, we have Rabbi Levi Yitzchak's vision where we could see the opportunity for growth, for redemption, for a better future. So this is the message I want to conclude with, that when you see any challenge or obstacle in your own life, remember, we're going to read the words of Isaiah the Shabbos, and we realize that, yes, there are challenges we have, but if we could see a much greater and brighter future ahead, and I think that we as Jews know that the cracks we experience throughout our lives, throughout our history, as individuals and as a nation, those were all opportunities for a much greater light. Otherwise, plenty of people probably predicted the end and demise of the Jewish nation. But what seems to be curses, as we read a few weeks ago in the Torah portion, turns into blessings. And it's that attitude that has kept us going and will keep us going until we actually reach that utopian era of Mashiach as Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Arditchev envisioned. I always love the concept, the word Tsohar. Well, let's start with the word Tsara, which means difficulty. You're going through a difficult, challenging, miserable day. That's Tsara, Tsaris. But those same three letters, if you play Scrabble with them, Tzadik Reishe, just rearrange it. Reish Tzadik now, you got Ritze. Ritze means a desire. If you have the desire, despite whatever challenge and difficulty you're going through, Rearrange the letters again. Keep on playing your Scrabble game. Those same three letters will now spell the word Sohar. Tzadik, Hey, Reish. And Sohar means a window of opportunity. Can you not see the so many opportunities that we have that you could transform the darkness to light, the misery to joy and jubilation to celebration? It's up to us to tap into these moments of life and as we always conclude this show, carpe diem, just seize the day and you will seize those opportunities that abound. So, my friends, I wish you a meaningful and future vision of Shabbos Chazon, a vision of Mashiach and a much greater future. And the next time you look at a construction site around you, see how the demolition from that entire mess that's going on there, amazing structures will emerge, and in our own lives as well. Whatever chaos we have, 
whatever destructive events have happened, failure is not getting knocked down, but failure is only if you stay down. Seize the opportunity to get back up again, and you'll see what amazing things can happen. And indeed, even if the music won't play today, you could see the music that you can make up from even the darkest moments of life. My dear friends, I wish you a fabulous Shabbos, a meaningful Shabbos Chazon, and I hope you'll only see great things ahead. Stay tuned next for Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishler up next.